This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. Just a sick world we're living in. Sick people. What's up? Hey, how are you doing? Doing all right. Having some time off here at the end of February and mm-hmm. uh, enjoying every minute of it. Just watching movies. Did you honor all the presidents today? All the ones that I like. (laughs) (laughs) I should have been watching black movies today on President's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Black History Month. I'm on Letterboxd now. We didn't mention on the last episode. Me and Eric are both on Letterboxd. And you Mm -hmm. can uh, verify that on President's Day I was watching black movies. Yes, I am under there, or I'm on there under Eric Mulder. And what are you under? Just Wolfie T? Uh, the handle is Positively Wolf One, so it's the same as my Twitter. Um, okay. But my display name is just Wolfie T. All right. Well, yeah, uh, it's a long process of trying to rate all the movies that I've seen, thousands of movies. I'm starting to do reviews for like the ones I've just seen recently. Yeah. So it's a long process, but after a while... I think it'll be worth it to uh, follow us along on there. So far, because um, I had a list of all my first time watches for the last few years, I went back to the start of 2021 and I, I put all my first time watches in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 2022, up until the point I joined, is all basically first watches. And then uh, we've just been tracking the ones that I've been watching since then, first time or, or otherwise. Um, and then I did a couple other ones. Like I went back and rated some of the ones we've done episodes on and, uh, some other, um, ones that I saw in the, th- in the theater last year that were rewatches. Um, so mm-hmm. I got quite a few up there. I'm, I'm over 200, pretty close to 300, I think right now. So got a few reviews up there. Some of them are just ratings. Yeah. All right. Well, we are continuing our look and movies from our youth with the movie Hook from 1991. And to mark this wonderful occasion, we have with us special guest, Brother Clint from Colorado. That's the bad guy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me uh, on today. Yeah, our pleasure. It's, uh, it's nice to finally uh, put a face to the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say voice, because, I mean, I think I heard you on maybe one or two Positively Wolfies. But, you know, just the back and forth camaraderie, the shit talking on our fantasy football app. Now to finally see you live, you know, I got to say there's no resemblance between you and Brett whatsoever. Uh, thank you for that, because <laughs> I, I don't know how many times people tell us we look like twins and well, like, I just don't see it. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where people got that. Both going with uh, you know, the bald look with the goatee. 
I mean, not, not a lot of choice there. So it, yeah, it's not <laughs> Must exactly be. voluntary at this point in life. But, <laughs> not a lot yeah. of options. Do our best. Hey, I'm going to catch up to you guys pretty soon. I don't know if you can see it too well, but it's it's slim pickings up there right now. It's that marriage coming through. <laughs> <laughs> brother clinton had some hair when he got married too so uh just a little but i i mean to be fair it did start prior to that god it started way too young you know when you're growing up and you see uh pictures of your mom's side of the family on the wall and uh, your grandpa's bald your first uncle's bald and it's just like uh, <laughs> you know Fingers crossed, and then here we are. You know, you, you go to the family reunion, and literally every guy is just uh, <laughs> just bald. <laughs> like every single one. I don't think there was a single uh, man on our mom's side of the family that kept his hair. So but, we were uh, pretty uh, doomed from the start. You know, our, our family always kind of shaved their heads. I think for the ones that went bald or had the fringe at least or whatever, but. Uh, you know that phase of the comb over is almost dead you know a lot of, not a lot of people do that anymore and I couldn't imagine doing it myself I could probably do a comb over if I really wanted to but you'd be like Trump with this hair flapping in the wind like an eagle or something <laughs> I think that's the type of thing where you got to go for it from the start and if you if you shave your head once like your your comb over window of opportunity is officially closed Right. Yeah. Once you, once you come home, you can't go back. Like <laughs> you can't pretend that you never lost your hair. Although um, Jeremy Piven, you know, had his hair done three times, I think at least, cause he went bald a couple times at after least. the yeah. surgery. <laughs> Joe Rogan tried it, but he'd failed on him. So he doesn't try it anymore. Yeah. Joe Buck almost died doing it four times. <laughs> That's right. He got really sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm allergic to the anesthesia let's do it again <laughs> gotta look good on tv all right well uh let's start talking about some hook let's talk about our first experiences i can't remember if i i think i saw it in the theater but i know i had the clamshell vhs i think it was a clamshell case uh, I know you guys, we were talking before the show started, you guys had the VHS and your mom sold it? Yeah, she got rid of all of our VHS tapes. <laughs> and I oh, think God, she... They're probably thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of movies now. She probably sold them for pennies on the dollar. And then like two years later, everybody's looking for those fucking Disney VHSs and paying outrageous amounts for them. And she just kept the money for herself, of course. But I don't remember if we saw this in the theater. Do you remember, Clint? I doubt it. I doubt it. I just remember our VHS was not clamshell, at least not this. That's this what movie. I was thinking. Yeah. All the other Disney stuff was, though. So. Yeah. So, Clint, you're older, right? Are you younger? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit, a little bit over two years. Older. Brett, okay. He's older. Yeah. Two All years right. older, isn't Brett? Yeah. Now, did you guys have any of the uh, the toys from Hook? I'm not sure. I feel like I might have had a, the Hook, uh, like the actual like, Captain Hook Hook. I think I had a friend that had the Rufio sword. Because I remember somebody having that, but I don't think it was either of us. Um, which Eric... Oh, nice. Eric's there it is. It. <laughs> I got nice. the, yeah, I got the pan sword right here. 
got a bell on the inside that looks familiar yeah inside of the handle yeah. uh, so you can you know faux fight with it basically i'm pretty but, sure uh, yeah. my friend that i used to, to hang out with all the time back then had that we'd, we'd play with that a lot i don't remember I if had... i had any other toys i i think i had the hook though i, I can't remember that but i i'm not 100 percent sure I mean, that sounds familiar, but I, I really don't recall too many toys. I know we had some Peter Pan stuff. I don't know if it was all related to the Hook movie, though. Could have been like the cartoon. I had Peter Pan, Captain Hook. I think I had Rufio. I don't think I had anyone else. But I remember some of my friends, at least one of them, had that. Uh, they had the Lost Boys, like, lair or hideout, whatever you want to call it. Because I remember they had, like, the, you know, there's like a, not a skate ramp, but a, almost like a monorail uh, ramp that goes around right, the yeah. whole complex, if you want to call it that. Because it had like that and a bunch of different, I don't know, it was it was a big, expansive, I guess, uh, toy setting. I, I think I might have had the Rufio with the, uh, the sail skateboard. Okay. I think yep. I might have had that. That sounds mm-hmm. really familiar. But yeah, a lot of good times were had with Hook back in the day. Um, do you guys think it holds up? Oh yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic uh, watching it. I, I I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and like I thought it was I thought it was fucking amazing. Like this is a, actually a really really good movie. Oh oh yeah, there's a few spots that hit hit me in the field. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you know yeah. I know it might be jumping ahead, but that one scene where he takes the, the cell phone call in the middle of the play, like that's like normal or almost expected these days, but it was like he was the only one to have a cell phone back then because he was a big CEO or whatever, your big chat right. lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, there was a couple times where it's like, oh, wow, that, that hit me real fucking hard. Like when they come back at the end like and they get all reunited and shit, I'm like, oh my God. They're gonna make me fucking cry. Well, you know, I got I got kids too, so <laughs> the whole Peter Pan's my dad. <laughs> it's definitely a different perspective. Like, I don't have kids, but obviously, being an uncle, like I kind of get the uh, you know parent adjacent point of view. Secondhand parenting. <laughs> so, like seeing it from that point of view, like it definitely hits you different. Like as a kid, like you get like the adventure and the the swashbuckling and the fighting and the lost boys, but like it, you really get the, uh, the, the feels like Clint said, uh, seeing it as a grown up and kind of getting it from that perspective. I've heard a lot of pushback on this film, I guess, like the common consensus seems to be that this movie is God awful. And the only people that like it were kids at the time. <laughs> That's so weird. But um, yeah, I loved it when I was a kid, still like it today. But I can kind of see how everyone would just, I don't know. If if you weren't at the right age for this movie, I could see you hating it. I There's one thing I can admit to is that this movie is way too long. It's two hours and 22 minutes. I didn't know it was that long until I went to go watch it the other day. Yeah. Like I never realized how long it was until people started like complaining about it and that watching it it didn't feel that long to me honestly like watching it for the podcast because like it was so good it was so engrossing and 
uh, like it, it didn't feel that long, but I know people hate long movies now. Just in principle. I don't mind them as much. I do think this movie is a little long, but it wasn't a, a big deal for me, but I could see it being like a deal breaker for other people. Like, Oh, you got to see hook, you know, when he's like, you know, in his thirties, <laughs> trying to watch it for the first time or something. <laughs> <laughs> But, like I could see some of the beginning and the end being trimmed off the movie, but uh, again, I was entrenched the whole time. It, it didn't feel like a almost two and a half hour movie. Because I I wrote a note on here that basically nothing really happens until twenty two minutes in. That's when the kids are taken. Well, it's and... all foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's, there's that's called that's called cinema. <laughs> yeah obviously you're you're getting to know the characters and whatnot and it sets up the story just fine but i was thinking you know when i was a kid i don't know if i'd have a, an attention span for something that's okay 22 minutes you have to it's kind of boring i mean for kids it's like a five-year-old could you imagine like just 22 minutes of not much happening i mean it was fine I mean, for literally, me I, guess. I, I saw it when i was five it was five i was five when it came out but like it just made me think about a lot of children's movies from back in the day and like thinking of other children's movies. Like I think like more happens like in the first 10 minutes, at least there's more comedy. There's more laughs. There's, there's something, well, this is just like, it's a shitty dad who has a boring job. doesn't pay attention to his family for like over 20 minutes. I don't know. I, I obviously as a kid, I loved it. So like this particular movie, like obviously it was, uh, interesting enough to keep me going um to get to the uh everland parts well i think they they set up a, a, enough for me maybe it's just five-year-old kids these days maybe i don't know i mean i they, they mentioned wendy being the real wendy from the peter pan stories so you kind of get that little you know hint that you know they're really involved in the peter pan stuff and you, you kind of know what's coming obviously because the whole mm-hmm. trailers and all that, but you know, thinking that oh, Peter Peter Banning, you know, is that Peter Pan? Is that really him? You know, you get kind of this uh, intrigue, or at least I do. I do right, you know, watching yeah. it. Mm-hmm. What about the cell phone duel? That doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> oh, you know, the one part when he's at the elevator about to go to the baseball game, and they toss him the cell phone. Is that gratuitous ninety scene where it's just the hand catching the phone and he puts in his a holster on his uh, belt loop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> or when they're on the plane and the kid draws a picture of everybody dying, or you know, the plane crashing uh, and on fire, and everybody's got a parachute except for the dad. And <laughs> 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 uh, the kid, like, like Jack's pretty, uh, pretty interesting as a like a young kid. Like he's pretty entertaining you know, some of his stuff and the back and forth with him and Robin Williams is, is kind of good. Um, Agreed. So I, I, I think there's enough stuff there. And then uh, like, if you have a, a background of knowing kind of the, the Peter Pan story, I think uh, it really does a good job of wetting your appetite for the, the main course of once they go to the Neverland and uh, the transformation takes place. And the, well, the other thing they had to do the play and then miss the baseball game to set up Captain Hook's manip- manipulation later. Right. 
he knew that he was, you know, Pan was there for the daughter, but not the son. All right. Well, let's get into the details here. Came out 91, directed by Steven Spielberg. I wanted to point out the writing credits. So we got J.M. Barry for the books and the play. James V. Hart, screen story. Also a screen story credit, Nick Castle, who you know as The Shape from Halloween. <laughs> the original shape. So he was the, uh, the old man version and the new ones too, wasn't he? Yeah. What mm-hmm. else did he, did he write anything else or is it just like hooks my <laughs> hook is my like magnum opus and uh, that's it. Okay. He has 13 writing credits. Okay. So it looks like, yeah, he wrote, yeah. Escape from New York. And of course, LA, because it was the characters, but yeah. Skate town, USA resurrection of Bronco Billy, bunch of stuff I don't recognize and escape from yeah. New York. So in August rush, I think I remember when that came out, but I never saw it in 07. It sounds familiar, but I don't, I didn't see that either. But yeah, I had no idea he had a hand in escape from New York. He directed Dennis the menace. <laughs> you know that he directed Dennis the menace. And I saw that in the theater. We definitely saw that in the theater. I remember that. That was a great movie. With Walter Matthau as the neighbor, Mr. Wilson. Christopher Lloyd as the uh, menacing hobo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're Cooking eating beans eat. on the open fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I haven't seen that movie in probably 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> At least, maybe more. Oh, he's the shape in the new Halloween. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's the unmasked unmasked version of Michael Myers in the in the new Halloweens. Uh, the cast for this film is as follows: Robin Williams as Peter Banning or Peter Pan, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, Bob Hoskins as Smee. Maggie Smith is Granny Wendy. I just want to point out that Maggie Smith is still alive. And she looks like she's yes. on death's door in this movie. <laughs> and it's 30 years I ago. I grew up with that picture of her my whole life. I thought she's that old the whole time. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like that old now. <laughs> yeah. She hasn't aged a day since this. Actually, I think she's younger now than she is in the movie. <laughs> Frankly, the math in the movie, you know, brings some questions to me too. Like, if if Moira Moira was her granddaughter, and she was thirteen, and she looks like she's thirty now, so how old would Wendy be in the movie? Like ninety ish. Well, they said the first uh, Peter Pan book was published in like nineteen eleven. Yeah, I think she'd be ninety something in the movie, uh, Wendy. And then uh, Peter was, I don't know, what, like 13 or something when Lisa Moira and came back well, to, to Earth. 13 from. for however many years, right? Yeah. Because she was she was same age at one point as him. And then, you know, obviously going back to Neverland, he didn't age. Which that part was actually kind of funny to me because <laughs> he was, you know, coming back to take her to Never Neverland for another adventure. 
Yeah. And then like it's like her when she's like 70. She's like, Peter, I'm, I'm too old. <laughs> like, like he just it's like it hit him hard. Like he had no idea. Like the year before, she was 69 years old. Yeah. She was fine. Oh. <laughs> they didn't even notice. You look exactly the same. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She was like super old. And she was only 13 at the time. <laughs> Oh man, what about the daughter? There's got to be a generation in between that he just ignored too, you know? <laughs> like, like he didn't find out that she had a daughter uh, in between there, and uh, and that right. daughter what, had a daughter. What was the middle parents? Yeah, they were not there the whole time. Oh my god! Can we talk about the the makeup effects on Captain Hook? I watched this again, knowing that it's Dustin Hoffman. I still don't recognize him. <laughs> I do. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's that bad. But I think this was the movie I I became aware of Dustin Hoffman. Like this was the first Dustin Hoffman movie I knew about. I swear I didn't know it was Dustin Hoffman until like five or six years ago. <laughs> and even now I'm in denial. Like it's a uh... bad form. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when they were doing close-ups, when he had the big bushy eyebrows, I thought he looked like Ric Flair. <laughs> he does. He does with the like five mirrors that he has all at different angles. Well, more so when they, you know, they take his wig off. He's got that, got that right. white hair. That's kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Ric Flair got his head shaved in WCW. <laughs> uh, Caroline Goodall as Moira Banning. Charlie Corsmo is Jack, uh, the son. He was in a lot of stuff back then. He was the kid from Dick Tracy. Uh, he was in What About Bob? That's about all I saw him in. Good year, 91 for him. Yeah. Um, he's in Can't Hardly Wait, but I never, I don't know if I've ever seen that all the way through. I don't either. I thought, I mean, those three, you, for the end of the movie. <laughs> those three that you named were uh or i guess the only ones i've seen him in but it seemed like he was in a lot of stuff back then yeah very Maybe. recognizable face i guess when you're four years old and you only see like a couple movies he <laughs> seems like he's a lot more prevalent than uh than he actually is mm-hmm. on the other hand amber scott who played his sister maggie was only in basically this like she has two actor credits and one is a uh, from 95 american experience is a, a series one episode she was a voice actor so but i felt like i recognized her from several different movies but she's not in anything other than this yeah that's so weird there's so many kids that kind of look alike um, I'm sure we'll get that with the Lost Boys too, if we go through those. Yeah, there was one Lost Boy that I confused for Jack, but it wasn't Jack. It was the guy that was in Basketball Diaries. Oh, yep. Which was only five years after this movie, and all of a sudden he's grown up, you know. Magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Laurel Cronin is Liza, the housekeeper. Phil Collins is Inspector Good. That Phil Arthur. Collins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Phil had hair in this movie, and I didn't. It took me two times to actually recognize him. He looks like a yeah. skinny uh, Dennis Hoss or uh, 
Yeah, uh, Bob Hoskins. I thought, I thought it was the guy from Fallen. The oh, original uh, guy that executed. With Elias Codius. Yeah, I don't know his <laughs> real name, but yeah, that guy. And Ninja Turtles, he was Casey Jones. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but he looks like... Uh, Phil Collins and Hook looks like Bob Hoskins in Pink Floyd The Wall. Have you seen that? Uh, when he comes Wait, in during... You uh, said Bob Hoskins is in The Wall? Yeah, he, he's the agent that comes in during Comfortably Numb to take him to the show. Even though he's fucking... so long because I've seen it. Yeah. I, I didn't I know, realize... That's another one I didn't realize he was in there until a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, that is him. Arthur Mallet plays Toodles. Toodles is hilarious. He might, uh, you know, they make a joke about him losing his marbles, but uh, he seems a little touched in the head for sure. He knew everything that was going on from the start. But he was a hilarious character. It was great. Isaiah Robinson in his pockets. Jason Fisher is ace. Dante Basco as Rufio. Rashawn Hammond as Thudbutt. I didn't know that was his name. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of in the uh, in the uh, feast scene. Once all the food appears, like they, I noticed they had like name placards in front of their uh, their places at the table. And I think his said thud. So, but they don't say their names throughout the movie. I think they just make them up for the credits. As you were talking about the uh, guy from Basketball Diaries, that's James Matteo. He plays Don't yeah. Ask. There he is. Thomas Tulak is too small. Uh, we got a bunch of Dustin Hoffman's kids in here. Uh, Max yep. Hoffman, the five-year-old Peter. And there's one or two more in here. Yeah, Rebecca Hoffman is Jane in that play. There was one in the baseball game, too. Yeah, yeah Jake, Jake Hoffman is Jake a Hoffman. Little League player. Gwyneth Paltrow is young Wendy. Yep. That one I didn't remember. Thought that I would have known Gwyneth Paltrow when I was a child. Well, that's the one. She she was sleeping in the bed, right? Did she ever wake up? She was young Wendy. So that was uh, that was in the flashbacks when he was going to get Wendy. She was like the twenty-year-old Wendy or the sixteen-year-old Wendy. Because it went from her to old Maggie Smith (laughs) so fast. (laughs) I can't go back with you anymore. It was just here. You were just Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Don McLeod or Don McLeod. I thought maybe that was a, a singer or something. I think you're thinking of uh, Don, McLe- <coughs> Don McLean. Yeah. But, David Crosby, uh, speaking of singers, David Crosby, he plays Tickles. Yes. He didn't even need uh, makeup or a costume. He just showed up. Showed up and they what, they kicked him in the balls. <laughs> it was like David Crosby's on set. Well, put him in the in the movie. He's a pirate. Like, do we need wardrobe? Nah. <laughs> Glenn Close as Gutless. Your favorite Glenn Close, Brett. Glenn Close. <laughs> Clint, did you know this about your brother? About how much of a boner he has for Glenn Close? Really? <laughs> no, it's the opposite. It was talks uh, about how disgusting she is. Don't you think she's a handsome woman, Brett? <laughs> what was she in Fatal Attraction? Where uh, yeah, 
Michael Douglas is like cheating on his hot wife with her. Like he just has to have sex with Glenn Close. And I'm like, <laughs> this movie doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. He was never one I thought was that attractive. <laughs> and that's why nobody knew that she played a dude in Hook until like 2006. Yeah, I tried to do some research uh, before watching this movie and I knew she was in it. I couldn't find her. I just she was the one that goes in the boo box. Oh, oh, really? That one. Yeah. yeah. She's the one that goes in the boo box. Oh. Well, that helps. I knew that one looked weird. Yeah. It was a weird she, hair. Well, dude. it's in 2022. She looks just normal. Uh, Jimmy Buffett is also in here. He's the shoe stealing pirate. And they must have just had a bunch of famous people around. Mickey Cassidy, I'm sure he's got to be. Uh, what was the other famous Cassidy? Is that with the monkeys? What am I thinking of? Oh, uh, Butch. Not Butch Cassidy. No. <laughs> um, I, I I know I know what you're talking about. I think the, it was a Cass- the- David Cassidy. Yeah, David Cassidy. Or the rapper Cassidy with the periods between each letter. <laughs> <laughs> so I read um, ahead in the uh, trivia and. Uh, Carrie Fisher and George Lucas are the kissing couple on the bridge who gets floated up into the air. Yeah, I couldn't recognize them even after I knew about that. You guys recognize anyone else on here? No, not off the top of my head. Um, but there's a big ass cast. This is definitely a uh, a lot of people for sure. No, I think cast. we. I think we had the main ones. Well, the synopsis is when Captain James Hook kidnaps his children, an adult Peter Pan must return to Neverland and reclaim his youthful spirit in order to challenge his old enemy. I just want to point out here one last thing on the cast. There's a character called Toothless Cripple, which is uh, <laughs> not really what narrows his name it down. would be if this came out. <laughs> if this came out today, he would have a different name. Anyways. All right. Well, where do you want to start? So it starts at the school play. I think we kind of mentioned that he, uh, the daughter is in a Peter Pan school play, and uh, it's not very good because it's like four uh, four year olds, and uh, Peter is so bored that he takes a phone call in the middle of the play because he's a terrible dad. We need to establish that he's a terrible dad, but he's there for his daughter. Well, we got to establish uh, one more thing about the play being terrible is that the teacher leading it is telling them the lines as they go yes. like <laughs> so the crowd can hear her and then repeated by the child on the stage nobody memorized their lines it was too hard they didn't yeah, have i don't cards ever either. remember was... seeing a play like that when i was growing up or being in one where they fed you the lines like even to the middle school elementary school like you may maybe you didn't have that many lines but you memorized them yeah i don't i don't remember stuff like that like in the few times we were forced to do plays, like I, th- I think we had to do memorize our lines, or maybe they did cue cards or something. But yeah, I was never... a dog in the play. They forced me to do it. All I had to do is bark. It was pretty... I think I played a tree one time. <laughs> that sounds right. I kind of remember that. I forget what the what the deal was, but I don't even think it was like regular school. I, I don't know what it was, but 
I remember having to play a tree. But anyways, what's also funny is uh, so they're ignoring the play. Uh, Peter and his wife and his son are in the audience ignoring his daughter on stage. Um, I think they're taping it so he can watch it later. Uh, or no, that was somebody else. Somebody else. Anyways, anyways uh, Jack says, Dad, tomorrow's my big baseball game. It's the last game of the year. You promised to be there. And he says, my word is my bond. I'll be there. You can count on me. And then he proceeds to schedule a meeting for like the same time as the baseball game. <laughs> It'll be a quick well, meeting. No, Tony Montana, you know. Good thing he doesn't say all he has is his balls and his word. He doesn't break them for nobody. His balls will be broken all over the place. Every scene. I think the Wu-Tang Clan really liked this movie for how many times they said word is bond in their uh, in their music. Yeah, I have written down in my notes here that you know Robin Williams' character is obviously a huge buzzkill, which leads me to my next point. Why the hell is this the only Robin Williams that Brett likes? See, this is weird because uh, <laughs> I like this movie and I rewatched Jumanji recently. I really like that too. So I'm thinking if Robin Williams isn't trying to be funny and isn't doing his shtick, like he's he's in some good movies, but once he starts trying to be funny, I'm like it, can't do it i don't know i mean i liked uh mark and mindy that was pretty great but that was pretty uh that was at the height of his cocaine use, i think though <laughs> i remember watching that as a kid but i haven't seen it in like you know 20 something years either so I, I don't think i'd watch it now either yeah i remember liking that back in the day um but i guess i've grown up i i've liked rob williams less and less did you guys like jack I don't know. I think I saw Jack once and it was okay. But he's not Jack. He's not <laughs> trying to be funny in that movie though. He's he's just being a child. Okay, what about uh, Good Morning Vietnam? Never saw. Oh, I, I know. Um Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean that's classic. Yep. Right? You gotta mm-hmm. like that one, right? Oh, uh, that's that's true. I need to rewatch that one. Because I I liked that as when I was a kid for sure. I think it's inappropriate these days because it's making fun of transgender people. <laughs> I think it's empowering, actually. <laughs> and that theme song by Aerosmith. Oh, so inappropriate. But but again, that's the same concept of this movie. He's trying to get his kids back. Like he's a douchebag dad, alcoholic, and loses his kids somehow, or you know, their trust and trying to win it back. And that's uh, that scenario more lends itself to being funny um although he does do a lot of shtick in that doesn't he i, I i'd have to watch it that, again, but I, I definitely that like whole that scene at the restaurant where he's on you know the you know at one table as mrs doubtfire and the other tables himself and he's going back to the bathroom to change <laughs> eventually just can't hold it and he comes back to his like a mix of both <laughs> I just remember his kid caught him peeing standing up, and that's how they uh, they found him out. <laughs> like Mrs. Doubtfire got a dick. <laughs> so I, in general, I'm not a big Robin Williams fan, but there are movies he's in that I like. You know, for how many movies he's done, there's not a ton I like either. To be honest, looking through his list here. But like, uh, I was like the stand-up. Like his, his stand-up was always pretty good in my yeah. mind. I haven't seen a lot of his stand-up, so I 
I can't uh, comment on that. I always liked him in Good Will Hunting, of course. I, I I thought that movie was good, but it's not one that I would go back to. Yeah, he was the the teacher, right? He was like the therapist for Matt Damon. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's been a while, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. He's a teacher in Dead Poets Society. That one's been on my uh, my list to watch because people tell me it's good, but I just can't bring myself to watch it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. But uh, yeah, okay, we can um, get back to the story. And uh, obviously his uh, meeting goes long and he sends somebody from the office to go videotape the game, the Santa series, which is a winter yeah. baseball tournament. And um, yeah, he shows up very late. So late, in fact, that the, everyone has gone home. Game's been over for that long. And, and he missed Jack striking out to lose the game. And he only struck out because Peter was not there to watch him. That's the only reason. You know, I think the only two people in the movie that have cell phones are him and Brad. You know, like, why didn't the guy from the office that was videotaping for him call a cell and be like, hey, dude, you know, just go home. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Did you notice at the end of the game, the uh, so it was uh, let's see what were the team names. Well, Jack is on the Blue Jays. I I don't know what the other team might have been the Indians or something like that, something racist. But the other team, the other team who's not the Blue Jays, immediately after Jack strikes out, starts chanting, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Blue Jays. Blue Jays. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> Because at first I'm like, why are the Blue Jays wearing red? And then I, I looked again and uh, Jack was on the Blue Jays. <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're just rubbing it in. <laughs> I also like how they're so set on him not being able, being able to hit a curveball. Like, they, they can't teach him to hit a curveball or, like, he's just, in, you know, indefinitely unable to hit a curveball. They just gave up on him. Well, like, how old is he even? Uh, he was born in 78. So he would have been pretty old. He would have been like 12 or 13. Really? Wow. But uh, he looks a lot younger. Like, he looks like he's mm -hmm. maybe at most 10 years old. But uh, I, I think the character was 10. I mean, the actual guy, though, probably yeah, was, you know, right. that age, right? But it seems a little young to be teaching kids the curveball to throw the curveball. Then again, like they didn't start banning that in uh, in youth leagues until like ten years ago because they kept having to do Tommy John surgery on like fifteen year olds. <laughs> start them young. <laughs> Put that torque on that elbow. You know, you won't even be able to to write with that hand when we're done with you. <laughs> The kids that young know it's, you know, they don't have the strongest arms. So it's almost like every pitch is a curveball because it's, they have to arc it just to get it to home plate. <laughs> right. There's going to be a big dip by the time it gets there. Well, the problem is they like, they turn their elbow too, like they put too much torque on their elbow. They don't have the muscle mass to, to withstand it and it fucks up the tendons. Mm. And uh, whereas like what you're talking about is like they just don't have the, uh, the strength to make it to home plate on a on a straight line, <laughs> so everything's a sinker. Yeah. 
So I think uh, next is uh, they're on the airplane to England. They're going to go visit Granny Wendy. I wrote down Jack is a psychopath. He drew he drew a picture of the plane crashing, which we mentioned. And Dad does not have a parachute because fuck him. He uh, broke his word and didn't come to my baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we'll be okay in the Atlantic Ocean, but Dad could die. <laughs> and then he's like throwing the baseball in the fucking like stealing uh, above his seat and then he starts banging it against the window <laughs> and his dad's <laughs> afraid of flying and he's like fuck fuck you dad like it's fine <laughs> i mean for being in mergers and acquisitions i mean he's gotta be in planes constantly so i mean that just seems silly that he can't handle being on the plane yeah, they didn't have zoom back then yeah all right here's our first clip Why didn't I have a parachute, Jackie? Take a wild guess. Jackie. Jack. Will you stop that? You can break a window. They're double-layered. You can't break them. Give me that. You're afraid you're going to get sucked out. I'm not afraid of being sucked out. Yes, you are. You're afraid you're going to be sucked out. Just stop. Next season, I'm coming to six games. I promise. Be sure to buy enough videotape. Hey. Jack. My word is my bond. Yeah, junk bond. What the hell's the matter with you? When are you going to stop acting like a child? I am a child. Grow up. <laughs> that was a hilarious line. When are you going to stop acting like a child? I am a child, <laughs> but it's it's That's more uh, you know Peter Pan's growing up. What what happened to our Peter Pan? Is he going to remember? It's all uh, foreshadowing, <laughs> right? You know, I I gotta say, you know, all the people around him in that scene were staring at him like he really was going to bash the window <laughs> with the baseball. Kind of made me think of the plane ride from hell when Brock Lesnar was. Bodying Mr. Perfect up against the door, and everyone freaked out, and that's how he finally stopped the fight. Yeah, for sure. And then he then he uh, knocks the fucking uh, oxygen thing off out of the ceiling. God, what an asshole kid! All the other people on the flight are just pissed off. Like, control your fucking kid. <laughs> it's being a fucking yeah. annoying. He's throwing the baseball off of the the window off the ceiling. How did he get that on the plane in the first place? Like who, who gave him a baseball to have on the plane? That was back when you'd have Wasn't knives on planes. Autograph baseball too. What was that, Clint? Wasn't that the autograph baseball too? He's just throwing around like nothing. I forget. Because um, that's the one Hook eventually takes. But uh, I thought it was like autographed or something. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't remember. It might have been. I forget who, who whose autograph was it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it actually showed. I thought it just had a signature on one side, and you know, it was just happened. Some like caught in the glance or something. It wasn't pointed out. Maybe I I don't know. But uh, I did like that comeback though. Word is my word is my bond. Yeah, junk bond. <laughs> <laughs> amazing you knew what a junk bond is 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I'm sure that flew right over my head. Five, six-year-old Eric. Maybe he doesn't know what a junk bond is, and he just said it because it sounds bad. Because it's junk. <laughs> uh, so I think from there we, we get to uh, Granny Wendy's house, and we meet Toodles, who's looking for his marbles. Mm-hmm. Fucking I've hilarious. lost my marbles. What a great... Uh, <laughs> Peter's just like oh, you forgot the part where he opens the door and he's he's like we're in the land of good manners now we're in London England and Toodles opens the door he's like it's snowing he just slams it right back in their face <laughs> <laughs> what a great character oh man and he's not in the movie very long but like he really adds a lot to, to the scenes he's in mm-hmm. um, I thought it was funny when, when Granny Wendy comes down and Peter just like pops wood right away. It's weird. Like that's your wife's grandma. Like settle down. And uh, what? Uh, Jack <laughs> explains how. It... <laughs> you didn't notice that? <laughs> like, like, like he got the like the Barbara Streisand uh, filter on her, and uh, he was just like stops and just stares with his mouth wide open. Well, yeah, it was the original girlfriend for him yeah but like if you didn't know that going in like that's weird (laughs) like if you don't have that information (laughs) like looking at that scene like in a vacuum it's very strange (laughs) (laughs) imagine if you're his kids and every time you see your great grandmother your dad just pops wood for her (laughs) (laughs) that's disgusting (laughs) Uh, and then Jack explains how Peter uh, is in mergers and acquisitions that he, that he uh, you know, whatever. Like if the, the deal falls through, he just goes in and he blows him out of the water. And Wendy, 100% straight face, goes, Peter, you've become a pirate. Well, did, did you just say murder there? Because I keep thinking about that scene in American Psycho. He's like, I'm actually in murders and executions, and then the Disney chicken talk to you. I'm like, yeah, what you like about murders and acquisitions? <laughs> Might as well be. But I, I thought it was hilarious that Wendy's just like, you're a pirate. Like, he's just dead serious about it. And like, like, they try to change the subject and shit, but she's just like hung up on it. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> uh... And then uh, we get the scene where he's he's doing the uh, the business call in his bedroom, and his kids just will not leave him alone, and uh, it costs him the deal, uh, mm-hmm. and he just fucking blows up on his kids. Uh, <laughs> but the best part of the scene is when he when he freaks out and he goes, "Why doesn't someone just shoot me in the head?" And Jack points his finger at him and goes. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Talk about things you couldn't have in a kids' movie today. <laughs> oh, there's a few of those later that we'll get to, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm just like thinking, why? Why did he plan this trip around this deal? Like he couldn't tell these people, "Hey, I got to go to London for a couple of days." Like it's, you know, they're too impatient. He's too like, important. 
forever. Business would fall it's apart without him. He's one lawyer and a team of lawyers. Although, although I meant to mention this earlier, you know, when he was leaving for the uh, leaving the office and then he's about to get in an elevator, he had like ten people following him, like the, the very definition of a yes person, and they're like. Make sure your arms don't get tired flying, or I forgot what the exact line was for now. Uh, yeah, it was hilarious. But they were just like so, like on his every word and everything he did. So maybe, maybe he is the only one that could save it. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. just kissing his ass the whole way on, and then him and uh, is it him and Brad do the the cell phone duel <laughs> before he heads yeah. off to Jack's game? Yeah, they toss him the cell phones for some reason. He didn't have it in his you know carrier already. That you know puts in the holder on his belt loop. <laughs> yeah. So after Jack pretends to shoot his dad in the head, uh, Moira throws the cell phone out the window, and then the dog goes and buries it. Um. Oh, you know, I I had a note about that. Was that he buried it open? It was open. The flip was open. And it was buried in mud. Which mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, it was not in mud; it was in snow, and it was closed. Right. That's a continuity. Did you put it in IMDb in the goofs? <laughs> no, but I, I thought it was just below the snow. It's there was not... mud when there probably shouldn't be mud there since it's snowing. But oh well, the dog had a pre-dug hole. Like he must have been watching Goodfellas. He's like, you know, if you got to bring. <laughs> The body and dig a hole. You're gonna be there for like six hours. <laughs> you gotta dig the hole. They gotta put him in, and then you gotta, you know, cover back up. This way, you're ready. The dog was ready. He's just waiting for something to bury, just anything. Yeah, because wasn't the the call still going on? Wasn't the Brad going? Like, Peter, Brad, you've been on hold this whole time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. And that's one hell of a battery. I know those old phones had decent battery, but you know, three or four days, that's pretty good. Yeah, he was gone for, well, he was gone for like a whole week, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, three but, days to get ready, you know, skipping ahead a little bit. But is right? this like that's interstellar right. time where like, you know, one day and never, never land is like a second in the real world, basically? Because I mean, they don't really age. Well, it's weird that they even have days in never, never land because there's no time. Yeah. I thought maybe it could have just been almost instant. I mean, not because obviously the cops come, you know, to investigate the missing children and whatnot, and the mom is distraught, but but maybe it's just like a day or two. If anything, time runs faster on Earth than a Neverland. Yeah, I yeah. think it's backwards. Yeah, I think it's once. Well, you know, it's like I mean, they never age in Neverland, though. So, I mean, I don't know. They're lucky they didn't come back to Moira being 90 years old and Wendy being dead for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> or however that math works. But speaking of coming back every time, like every time Peter's in there, you know, coming back to chill with Wendy or, you know, the granddaughter Moira, does he age a little bit every time? Like, you know, was he really like 10 to start? And then each time he came back, he got a little bit older, grew up with just a little bit. He must and have. Then made he- it to 13. He does. He does age a little bit as he, he starts coming back. Because Tinkerbell took him as a baby. I mean, well, we can. I mean, that's a that's a head in the story, but uh, like he was an infant when uh, when he was taken, and like his mom just lost him. Like the fucking 
the fucking baby carriage just rolled downhill and then uh i guess she didn't go after him or she she got lost along the way and uh so tinkerbell is just like baby up for grabs well you know speaking of that you know we never we only saw peter's mom in the flashback when he finally remembered but other than tinkerbell there's no females in neverland well there's hookers was there hookers there were pirate hookers they were pretty fucking ugly there was uh, (laughs) someone that was even credited as prostitute i i did see that in this girl i didn't know where that was in the movie yeah there are a couple scenes where they're just kind of in the background like in the in the the pirate village so are all the hooker babies the lost boys then you know because they just tossed them out (laughs) and they didn't want them anymore oh the mermaids were uh female i guess well, I think do. Tinkerbell just goes and steals babies. Could be. And then they they must grow to a certain age in Neverland and then stop. But Julia he, Roberts is literally a cradle robber here. It was he, weird he, that uh that Peter remembered his mother when he didn't see her since he was like one years old. And uh you yeah. don't usually have memories that young. Anyways, they have the banquet for uh what, what was it? Wendy's uh orphanage or whatever like they're gonna build a new orphanage or something or a hospital for orphaned kids because she had taken in a bunch of orphans and there's a there's a big windstorm but it's uh it's actually captain hook coming to steal peter pan's kids because he got the intel that they were going to be in england and i guess like he can only go to england like that's the only way back and forth to neverland it never showed how he got back and forth. Did he just sail the ship, or did he fly? Like he didn't. Yeah, I would have no, liked to have seen that. He does. Yeah, it was weird, unexplained, but uh, probably a plot hole because he doesn't seem like the type that could get there. What second? There was only two stars in the in the sky for some reason in London, and you go to the second one on the right. Hopefully, you're facing the right direction, and then uh, somehow you just fly there, and magically you're above water (laughs) (laughs) then you'll see the island so yeah so hook shows up i don't know and he uh you know they come home from the banquet and like he's carved up all their walls and he scared the maid or whatever he keyed their house is what he made was doing something and toodles was kind of distraught and they find the kids are missing and uh he leaves a note good on him for leaving a note plus me had to go with him right because one one went downstairs and they met toodles and then one went upstairs and got the kids i assume hook was upstairs because he cranking the little hook latch on the window open yeah they might have had a whole crew i don't know maybe it was just those two but it seems like he would like hire somebody to do something like that instead of doing it himself but i guess he's kind of a hands-on type of guy or hand-on type of guy. Yeah, seems like it. Left <laughs> a personalized note <laughs> with that real nice dagger on the door. And uh, this is our second clip. Dear Peter, your presence is required at the request of your children. Kindest personal regards, Jess Hook. Have to fly. Have to 
fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Okay, back. Who? Grant! Well, the lab boys can analyze this a lot. So, Mr. and Mrs. Banning, we've uh, wired the phones and two of my lads will be outside at all times. Of course, you know, it is entirely possible that this whole thing is some kind of ridiculous prank. My children are missing. Yes, but the literary history of the family and everything suggests... Well, let's hope so. Okay? I've forgotten how to fly. Yeah, well, one does. Good night, then. Good night, sir. And that was Phil Collins. I like how he just humors Toddles. Have you forgotten how to fly? <laughs> One does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Probably sorry. a prank. <laughs> it's like it's like Dennis Franz is the cops in all these movies we've been watching recently. Just like mm-hmm. ah, I don't want to do my job. It's probably a prank. <laughs> probably probably nothing. <laughs> There's paperwork involved. Just uh, children being kidnapped in the middle of the night. <laughs> There's multiple witnesses. <laughs> Actually, our next clip is uh, pretty much right after this. It's when uh, Wendy has to, is trying to convince Peter that he's Peter Pan. Is there anything no. that happens in the interim? No, I think this is the, the next thing. All right. Uncle Peter, you stay. Don't worry, Scram Wendy. I wasn't going to leave. Hand me my book, please. It's time to tell you at last. Tell me what? How far back can you remember, Peter? I remember the hospital on Great Ormond Street. You work with orphans. You taught me to read. You arranged for the adoption by my American parents, Hank and Jane Banning. You were 12, nearly 13. I mean, before that. There's nothing before that. Try, Peter. Do try. Nothing. No. When I was young, No other girl held your favor the way I did. I half expected you to alight on the church and forbid my vows on my wedding day. I wore a pink satin sash. But you didn't come. Grandma? Yes, I, I was an old lady when I wrapped you in blankets. A grandmother. My 13-year-old granddaughter asleep in the bed. Moira. And when you saw her, that was when you decided not to go back to Neverland. Where? To Never Neverland. Moira! Grand, I'm going to go get Moira. Do you know, I've tried to tell you so many times. Give us a cup of tea, Moira. Well, I me. knew you'd forgotten. Listen, I'm, I'm not ready to now deal I with this must, right now. Peter. What? The stories are true. I swear to you. I swear on everything I adore. And now he's come back to seek his revenge. 
The fight isn't over for Captain James Hook. He, he wants you back. He knows you'll follow Maggie and Jack to the ends of the earth and beyond, and by heaven, you must find a way. Only you can save your children. Somehow, you must go back. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Yeah, I like some of the subtle stuff they do in there, like him doing the uh, Peter Pan pose. And then, uh, like, it's the same as in the book. Just like, mm -hmm. uh, just little hints that it's true. But he, he gets drunk after that because he can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> can't handle the truth. You can't be a pirate and Peter Pan at the same time. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. <laughs> Like, that's why I always feel like that when I come over Granny Wendy. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. I liked it when um, <laughs> uh, the Lost Boys are like, you know, he's a kill the pirate, you know. He's like, I'm not a pirate. I'm a lawyer. Kill the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, oh boy, so he gets he gets totally wasted, and then we we get introduced to Tinkerbell finally, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the the Firefly from Hell. I the, the live, yeah, yeah, I thought the I thought the visual effects on Tinkerbell were pretty good. You know, super imposing her as a as a fairy in the the real world. Well, especially in that dollhouse. Yeah, yeah. When he knocks her in the dollhouse, and it, it looks seamless uh, like you can't tell the green screen or whatever to make that work yeah it's it's really well done because uh when she falls down the stairs in the dollhouse there's some toy figurines it's like a, a kitchen or something she kind of falls into yeah but you can tell that that's not like a, a life size or like a scale model or or figurine that's like still a toy so they must have green screened an actual dollhouse with uh julia roberts and like shrunk her down yeah however they did it it looks fantastic like just uh especially for 1991 like even yeah. like movies that come out like nowadays don't look that good <laughs> with a lot of their special effects which uh it's kind of sad actually that it, we've kind of regressed um, well, it's still relying on CGI, but uh, that one, skipping ahead a little bit, that one part where she's trying to negotiate how many days to get tan in shape with Hook, and she sticks the little dagger in his nose and moves the m nose back and forth like that. That was mm -hmm. wild. Yeah, yeah, and the footprints on his uh, on Peter's shirt in this uh, this scene too. Oh yeah, I didn't catch the ink pad right away. You know, it took me a second watch to see how. The actual ink got on the shirt like that on her feet, and then uh, and then they call back to that later on too, which is great. There's a lot of a lot of really good filmmaking, um, I think, in this movie. All right, you want to just get to our next clip when he's talking with uh, Tinkerbell? Yeah, he's trying to cope with the idea of seeing a fairy in his kid's uh, bedroom. Oh, it is you! It is a big you. 
I guess it's not bad that you're big. You were always bigger than me. But now, maybe this means you'll be twice as much fun. Laura! Oh, Peter! What fun we'll have again. What times. What great games. And if less is more, there's no end to me, Peter Pan. Peter Panning. Pan. Panning. Pan. Panning. Well, whoever you are, it's still you. Because only one person has that smell. Smell? The smell of someone who's ridden the back of the wind, Peter. The smell of a hundred fun summers of sleeping in trees, adventures with Indians and pirates. Oh, remember, Peter? The world was ours. We could do everything or nothing. All I had to be was anything, because it was always us. Oh, no. It's finally happened. I'm having a total nervous breakdown. Come on, Peter, follow me and all will be well. Or I'm dying. I'm heading towards the white light. I've left my body. See, there's my house, way down there. There are my feet. Oh, my God, where are we going? Save your children, of course. How do you know about my kids? Everybody knows. Captain Hook's got them, and you've got to fight them. Let's fly! <laughs> <laughs> says I do not believe in fairies. Somewhere there's a fairy that falls down dead. I do not believe in fairies! Oh my God, I think I killed it. Are you alive, little bug? Look out! Clap your hands, Peter. hallucination having something to do with my mother and I don't know why you have wings but you have very lovely legs and you're a very nice tiny person and what am I saying I don't know who my mother was I'm an orphan and I've never taken drugs because I missed the 60s I was an accountant yes again oh look stars that's right Peter second star of the right straight until morning Neverland second star on the right just like you said, Clint. When I was a kid, that uh, when she falls down dead and he has to clap for her, that seemed a lot more serious when I was a kid. Watching it now, it seemed a lot more playful. I was trying yeah. to figure out if that was uh, legit helping anything by clapping. Hook called back to this later on, too, you know, where he says, there's no amount of clapping that'll bring you back from what right, I'm going to do. Yeah. But like when she, when she like, you know, she's dead and her eyes are closed and like she... She opens her eyes, like looks out of one eye and just yells out louder. <laughs> you know, like, right. Like, Are you really dying? Like, I don't know. But uh I thought it was a great scene too, with uh just overall. Uh, I want to mention the music too. John Williams did the score. John mm-hmm. Williams is a favorite around here. <laughs> Mainly 
<laughs> mainly because that whitest kids you know skit where he's writing a the theme song for the Indiana Jones and Star Wars crossover. <laughs> I finally remember that. Why the kids, you know, is hilarious. <laughs> if you hadn't recently tweeted it out, which you, you know, you tweet out that, that why does kids, you know, video probably three, four times a year. Whenever somebody tweets about John Williams, I, I tend to tweet a link to it. So I was going to tweet out the link again the other day because he just uh, signed on to do the theme song for the uh, Obi-Wan series. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I pull a couple clips from there for reactions on Twitter. One of them is when he just screams no at his wife. No, because <laughs> she forgets what the song was, <laughs> and then there's another one later where he just bends over and throws up. <laughs> they do a songwriting contest. Him and his wife, and his his wife's song so bad it literally makes him throw up. <laughs> but yeah, I missed the, I missed the grapist. Oh, the grapist. The grapist. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I. uh I looked up the JFK whitest kids you know skits because uh, somebody had tweeted some joke about Lee Harvey Oswald and uh, YouTube had put a uh, fact check on it to say that JFK uh, you know may, maybe didn't sing a duet with Lee Harvey Oswald before he was murdered. Live. Maybe maybe his uh, wife wasn't telling him to to put a, a hat on or put the put the convertible top up so he didn't freeze the back of his head off. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Lyndon Johnson wasn't sitting in the book depository with Lee Harvey Oswald giving him pointers on how to fucking kill JFK. <laughs> so next we get to what uh, Tinkerbell bringing them to Neverland and uh, taking them to hook's boat yeah and she disguises him as a pirate so it's like a whole like town on water basically, well, it, was a, right? it was a weird spot it was a, yeah it was a weird spot where she dropped him she dropped him right in front of the pirate ship which had like a i don't know strip mall or whatever you want to call it was like it, a, it was like the town the and water world where you know it's, everything's water but they just built like a town on top of it yeah it's like a yeah. boardwalk kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so peter just gets up and starts walking around and he almost gets mugged for the shoes didn't we say it was uh, Glenn Close that took the shoes? No, no Glenn Close no, was no. the boo box. Oh, um, that was the boo box. I forgot this, who took the shoes. The uh, shoe was uh, Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Well, he would have fit right in there. and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of his aesthetic. Paradise? <laughs> Margaritaville. I like how nobody noticed that they pulled the switcheroo. Like, he... Uh, the, that guy that Peter took the clothes from had like gray hair and like a beard or a goatee or whatever glasses and uh, he looked nothing alike like that guy no matter how much he uh, imitated the walk uh, accurately and then he, uh, he just R's at some people R <laughs> they, they do it back to him <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah, they got a big old, uh, big old uh, ceremony 
as Smee has finished uh, sharpening up the hook and he, he brings it on board to the captain so he can be revealed in a grandiose uh, ceremony for the entire village to see, which was a very impressive uh, feat of filmmaking again. Uh, I'm super jealous that Hook has his own like theme music everywhere he goes. Yeah, it was great. Um, I, th- I think you got the clip of it, of his introduction. Yep. And then he kind of explains his plan to, to kill Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Neverland! Good morning, Mr. Tie down the main mast, mateys! Because here he is! The cunning kingfish, the bad barracuda, a man so deep, he's almost unfathomable. A man so quick, he's even fast asleep. Thank you. Now let's give him a very big hand, because he's only got one. I give you the steel-handed stingray, Captain James Howe. The men favour you, sir. The puling spawn, how I despise them. Go get them, Captain! Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, my stupid, sorry, parasitic sacks of entrails. <laughs> Revenge is mine. Long live the hook! I baited that hook, and now I'm very proud to announce we have his children. Jack Maggie. Finally, I'm going to kill Peter Pan, that cocky boy who cut off my hand and fed it to the crocodile. And who killed that cunning crocodile? Who stuffed him? Who made him into a quiet clock? Who went into the other world and stole Pan's children? And who didn't believe I could do it? Who doubted me? Who amongst us does not belong? Someone here does not belong. Stranger amongst the loyal, I will weed you out. You! Boo Box was scary as a kid. Scorpions? It was. I did like the one guy who would go, who? Who? You know, every time they put, put a scorpion in there, they like, who? <laughs> no, you say boo, I think. He made a boo boo. He made a boo boo. Fucking hilarious. I I agree though. Like that. That was probably one of the few things that kind of shook me as a kid. <laughs> Getting scorpions dropped in on you because they dropped at least three that they showed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the um, little ones are the ones that fuck you up the most. Man. Yeah. Like as a kid, you think scorpions. I mean, that's murder, right? Like that person's gonna die for sure. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna. Get all the scorpion venom, but uh, I guess they're not that deadly. Well, after watching Jackass Forever, right? <laughs> Apparently not. With the uh, scorpion <laughs> Botox treatments, the one received on her lip and face. Yeah, that one was uh, interesting because, uh, yeah, again, scorpions like they got that um, that reputation of being a deadly creature. Mm-hmm. Smee is pretty hilarious in here. He's got some good lines. 
He's so deep. He's unfathomable. And everybody's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> he is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, what's the deal with like his earrings? Like when they're after this scene and he's talking to Hook uh, in his chambers, I guess, like in his little, in his room, his, his private quarters on the ship. Smee has just an earring in his right ear and not in his left. And then later in the movie, I saw it was like in his left ear, maybe not on the right or on both. So I thought, like early on, I thought they were trying to say something with, with Smee, saying his, uh, maybe. Maybe his, his sexuality is a bit ambiguous. But then, I don't know, they switched the earrings later. So I don't know. I didn't really notice. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure that you could uh, kind of infer that there's a special kind of relationship between him and Hook. Mm. It seems like the ladies like Smee too. Well, who doesn't like Smee? <laughs> Smee's me. <laughs> I, I like after this too. There, uh, uh, Peter reveals himself because they they bring out the kids. Right, they're in the net, kind of over the the boat, and uh, Hook doesn't believe that it's Peter Pan, and Smee starts going over the the medical records and he's like looking at the, the footprints of the fairy uh, the Tinkerbell left and his scars and stuff and he says uh, he's Peter Pan or I have a dead man's dinghy so uh, Smee uh, he's getting around for sure <laughs> I, I don't I don't know whose records they were like is it some doctor on Neverland like it's certified by doctor whatever name he said right it was on the parchment. It was like rolled off in a scroll. Like that that was a Neverland record, right? Yeah, because it was like, here's the scar from when you stabbed him in this battle. Here's from when you did this. And Peter's like, no, that was appendix. And uh, oh, this is uh, blah, blah, blah. So we get, uh, we get Peter has to fly up to save his kids. And it's a huge disappointment. Even his kids are like, dad, you didn't even try. Because you got to. Obviously, you can't fly, right? But he did try. He climbed up the, the ship's <laughs> mast, and he's out on the, I don't know, part of the mast. It was uh, so close, yeah. He reaches out, and he falls. He has to catch himself. He's just too scared. Yeah. I think, that, did I skip over the part where he pulls his uh, checkbook out? Yeah. How much? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, what, what did Hook say to him, you know? get your weapon or something so he pulls out the checkbook and then Hook like, shoots it and then kills the guy behind uh <laughs> peter and nobody like bats an eye <laughs> they, just, they just close the gap back in <laughs> there's a lot more there's a lot more murder in this movie than i would have expected as an adult mm -hmm. watching it for the first time in a long time yeah we, we watched short circuit you or maybe no it may have been uh mark talked about there's a a disassemble count instead of a death count. And it was like right. three, four, five people or something. And I'm like, wow. And I didn't even think about it. I, didn't know they get, I forgot that people actually died in short circuit. And <laughs> I forget. I mean, obviously Rufio dying was traumatic for, for any child, but yeah, like I, I forgot the Rufio dies uh, that hit me so hard. Oh yeah. But yeah, I forget that. There's a couple of people that just die in this movie. <laughs> the boo box, the guy that well, gets shot. 
don't don't forget uh hook later on the movie with the gun to his head he's like don't try to stop me Smee. i'm gonna do it this time don't try to stop me me what are you doing stop me get over here now i'm gonna do it. oh my god i've been watching some uh 90s sitcoms over the last like year or so there's so many suicide jokes in them and like they just played for laughs and it's uh it's such a different world where you could just make jokes about suicide and then like not have to put a like a disclaimer at the end with the suicide prevention hotline you know psa at the end of the show and and, like you don't take it as like a serious uh, uh issue you could still make jokes about it and this is a another one that's like that well, it's like that uh that always sunny episode from this would have been around 2009 2010 i think it was either the gang solves the the gas crisis or the gang solves the mortgage crisis and uh you know frank took a his assets took a big hit in the the financial dive and they walk into the bar and he's just hung himself up in front of the bar <laughs> and he's just swinging <laughs> around in a circle <laughs> just lifeless <laughs> but his neck is too thick so he can't <laughs> like he's got no neck so he can't hang yeah. himself yeah it was like i i can't remember all the instances but like step by step had an episode where like uh i think they were doing flying lessons or something and the instructor found out his wife was cheating on him so he's he becomes suicidal and he wants to crash the plane with the with Carol and Frank in it. And like, it's just a huge joke. Like, like in all this family entertainment, like, like always Sunny's a different story. That's obviously more mature material, but like you could have like a, like a family friendly show or a movie and just like throw in a bunch of suicide jokes and it was okay. Now, where do we get to next? So I get well, this is when we get to the lost boys, right? Yeah. So, uh, Oh well, well, we missed we missed the part. So after after they decide, well, he pulls out the checkbook, they shoot it, and then Tinkerbell comes, or well, Tinkerbell shows up because Hook wanted to cancel the war, and then she's like, "Give me a week and get Pan ready to go, right?" Yep. And then they were about to have Peter walk the plank because they're gonna kill him and just be done with it, but then they agreed on three days, and then he. They, one guy celebrates, yeah, we're having a war after your speech translates for the idiots on the boat. And then he knocks Peter backwards and off the plank. And then the, the three mermaids are down there <laughs> that give him the air, which was uh, pretty wild for as a kid to see those three like almost naked mermaids down there. <laughs> yeah, I have a note written down. That was yes. uh, very erotic for a six-year-old Eric. Uh, enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> Definitely. And then and it magically ends up uh, you know, with the Lost Boys. He's walking up that mountain and like we, we were saying before the show, uh, he got to the top, he's looking over the bay, and then he fell backwards and all of a sudden he's falling into snow somehow. <laughs> Even though the way he came up there was no snow. Yeah, it was weird. There's like all the seasons are represented in the, the Lost Boys village. And they uh they all wake up and they start harassing him immediately. And uh he's uh he's very bewildered and he doesn't know what to do i still like tinkerbell cutting that guy's pillow for no reason and it poofs out <laughs> hey that's my pillow <laughs> well that's right tinkerbell uh sees him and goes wakes everybody up doesn't she yeah because he he ended up under the uh 
skateboard ramp or whatever Rufio rides on, right? Yeah. And he got caught in a like a trap, and he got pulled up by the spine, and he ended up right next to Tinkerbell's little uh, clock. She just went home and just assumed he was dead. Like she didn't try to like <laughs> say, "Hey, somebody go in the water, go look for Peter." She wasn't too tore up about him dying. <laughs> is the, no, is she was thing. sleeping good, sleeping <laughs> real good. That's right. He falls into like a net trap, like an improvised trap, and. Uh, they cut them down and uh yeah they uh they don't believe that he's peter pan you yeah, know they, swar- they swarm him they 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 throw the basketball at him they they get him running up and down the skateboard ramp the, the half pipe yeah you know it's a very 90s early 90s movie because there's a half pipe <laughs> <laughs> That's like when was- skateboarding was cool i, I don't know I haven't seen anything lately, but like when Tony Hawk and all them guys are coming up, that that was the time to be a fan of skateboarding. It was uh, at that time when it came out. If it wasn't surfing, it was skateboarding. You gotta have one or the other. And rollerblading. That's what kids are. That's what the kids are into. And yeah, I, I think you have a clip um, mm-hmm. the uh, Rufio um, being introduced uh, and them calling. <laughs> Somebody calls uh, Peter a fat old grandpa man, and it's just hilarious. It was one of the funniest lines in the movie to me. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the shrub? too much moose you are just a punk kid i want to speak to a grown-up all grown-ups are pirates excuse me we kill pirates i'm not a pirate so happens i am a lawyer kill the lawyer lawyer! i'm not that kind of lawyer the lost boys are divided uh, Rufio draws a line in the sand and Tinkerbell's trying to convince the Lost Boys that it's really Peter Pan, but Rufio has, has his followers and Tink has some followers as well as the, the little kid who rubs Robin Williams' face for about 30 seconds. Says, yeah, this it is starts him. off with yeah, yeah, it starts off with that one little kid, and he's doing uh trying to get him know, to like smile. The, uh... He's trying to like rub the wrinkles out of his face, I think. Yeah. 
it starts on the forehead, then when he finally does like the smile, and you can see Peter smile, he's like, "Oh, there you are." <laughs> right. Which is a, totally, a real totally not creepy at all, by the way. It's a real heartwarming moment, though, when he says, "Oh, there you are, Peter." <laughs> like you can't, you can't help but feel for that. Like, oh my god, what a moment! But uh, it is thud butt smiling, like yeah, I'm going back to that side because he, he waffled back and forth all the time. And then that little kid's like, "Just give him a chance." <laughs> Rufio's just throwing insults at him, like call him fat and old, and you know, I'm the pan now. I got the pan sword. <laughs> He's got cool oh. hair. Rufio's like oh, the wait. coolest fucking character in a kids movie ever. So I wrote down the the line that was the uh, rebuttal from Thudbutt to that uh, he's a fat grandpa man now. That was uh, Thudbutt says he's not so fat to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You always had to have a fat kid and then like just make fun of how fat he is. Like that was the that was the rule when you had a uh, ensemble kids movie. This kid and Sean Weiss. Yeah, he was a mini fat Albert, I think. That's I think that's who he's based off of. I thought he was the uh, kid from old school, but it's not. Yeah. Or uh the the nutty professor, but it's somebody different. Hercules? <laughs> yes. He did make an appearance. He did one episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, which I'm in the middle of rewatching. And he was on a Mark, episode of Family Mark Cooper? Matters. Yes, Mark Cooper. He had a 10-day contract with the Golden State Warriors in season <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Like six episodes in, like they had like Don Nelson and uh, Chris Mullins and... Uh, Tim Hardaway, like they had all the the big stars, and uh, like Charles Barkley, he played against Charles Barkley. It was it was amazing that they got like that much. Uh, was uh, uh, did you say Chris Weber? Was Weber there yet? No, it was uh, ninety three, I think. But it was probably uh, the year think, before Weber got there. Yeah, because I think Shaq came out in ninety three, and then Orlando drafted Weber the next year, and then. Obviously traded them to Golden State. Actually, it was '92 is when it started, so it would have been at least a couple years. But anyways, some good hijinks with the uh, the um, Lost Boys, but they reluctantly agree to train Peter to get him ready for the battle with Hook. Yeah, no one told Rufio that Peter didn't want to stay. You know, he was just there to get his kids. Like, I thought that was kind of obvious the whole time. Why did they know that he had kids? Oh, I guess Tinkerbell kept saying it, but like they obviously can't wrap their minds around Peter Pan having kids. Well, he, he was riding his little skateboard, surfboard thing, whatever it was, <laughs> and Tinkerbell was pulling on him, and he locked him. Peter Pan's got kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the, the Lost Boys all different ages? Like, we kind of talked about that earlier like when peter went to neverland he was an infant but when he was adopted by uh granny wendy he was 12 or 13 or when he was uh taken in and uh given um adopted by parents as an orphan in the real world so like wendy's um, like even getting to be like 
20, 30, 40, and she's hanging out with this 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like they kind of implied that worried. he came back less frequently, but uh I don't know how often she went back with him until she cut him off. I'm too old, Peter. <laughs> Fucking 70. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the other weird thing about Wendy is, you know, for her orphanage, she probably brought, brought all these lost boys, right? And you know, nobody thought she was like a human trafficker at any point. They're like, hey, you keep bringing these undocumented kids. We have no clue where they were born or where they're from, their age. <laughs> like nobody thought that was weird. She just That's how orphanages work. Everybody. That is a good point. And a, why did Toodles never leave the house? Was she banging Toodles on the side? Did Peter know that? Like, I think Toodles, stayed, but... Toodles seemed a little special needs to me. I don't know. Like, he physically grew up, but I don't know if he mentally grew up. I mean, weren't all the Lost Boys kind of like that? So? <laughs> he was a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> <laughs> he did He did lose his marbles. Yeah. We, we I like that. how he's still looking for it, you know, when Peter got there originally at the beginning of the movie. He's looking for the marbles, like under the table, under the couch. Like, <laughs> how long has he been looking for them? Just never gave up. Because, uh, yeah, was it at the end of this movie? Thudbutt gives him uh, Toodles his marbles, and they just laugh and laugh about it. <laughs> like, this Toodles his marbles. Yeah, well, he gave it to Peter, and Peter gave it to Toodles. Right. But, yeah, that's yeah. what I found. Like him, Thudbutt and Peter just had a big laugh about how. Toodle's been looking for his marbles. He's been looking for him for 70 years. Yeah. The next scene is the scene we talk about with uh, Hook having a he has an epiphany and uh, he tries to commit suicide. I like uh, later too, Smee uh, Smee says he has an apostrophe. apostrophe. (laughs) (laughs) He just had an apostrophe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I called it a piffy. He's like, you had a piffy? <laughs> I only know that because I watched all the captions on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, after after he talks Hook down from shooting himself in the head, he uh, he explains to Hook how he can uh, convince Peter Pan's kids to like Hook more than they like Peter, which is uh, pretty devious. Mm-hmm. So we get a good montage of the training that Peter's getting from the Lost Boys. And him failing over and over again. I mean, he's a fat old grandpa man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he's got three days to train. I mean, he probably hasn't exercised his entire adult life. You know, it's not like he's coaching Little League or anything like that. And does this bring us to the, the big food fight scene, the meal? Uh, not yet. Before that, we we get the scene of Hook actually brainwashing the kids, mm. and he sets up. Uh, I think we'll have a clip a clip for that. But he sets up a uh, like a classroom for them, and he gives Maggie an F. <laughs> I don't even remember what the assignment was, but he gives her an F, and she freaks out, even though she's like five years old. And then uh, he hooks P- uh, Jack almost what? immediately. Well, he, he, Hook sent Maggie away and locked her up because she didn't want to go along with the plan. But Jack Jack did because he was still pissed about the baseball game and all that. 
from yes. early. Now pay attention, class. We have a lot to go over. Lesson one. Why parents hate their children. Anyone? Doesn't mommy read to us every night? You. The cute little urchin in the front row. Won't you share your thoughts with the whole class? Yes. I said mommy reads to us every night because she loves us very much. Loves you? Isn't that the, uh, the real word, Captain? <laughs> oh, yes. No, child. I think your mother reads to you every night in order to stupefy you to sleep. So that she and Daddy could sit down for three measly minutes without you and your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive, and nagging demands. He took my toy. She hit my bell. I want a potty. I want a cookie. I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Now, now, now. <sighs> Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up and cook you out. That's not true, Jack. You're a liar! Lie? Me? <laughs> Never. <gasps> the truth is far too much fun. <laughs> oh, my child, before you were born, your parents would stay up all night together just to see the sunrise. Don't be frightened. Maggie, before you were born, they were happier. They were free. You're a bad man. Smee flunked the maggot. That's a flogging loot. He gave me an F. Jack. Your father went to your sister's school play, did he not? What did he go to your baseball game. How'd you know about that? He missed the most important game on what might have been the most important day of your young life. I want to tear your hook off! Easy. I hate, I hate you, Mr. Hook! <laughs> what did I tell you, Smee? No little children love me! Oh, I do. goes on this big spiel about how mommies and daddies just hate their kids and how much better life was before they had kids and how you know they're able to have friends and sleep and they can't wait for their kids to go to bed so they can have like just an hour to to be adults which is kind of true yeah 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 a lot of that's true (laughs) so you're not supposed to say it but it's true and then from there we get the uh the pretend food, which is a, I think that's a pretty iconic scene, isn't it? That's yeah. a pretty popular scene. I remember that being back in the day, one of the scenes that we all enjoyed. All the kids are digging into all these empty pots and pans and bowls, and it's like, well, what are they eating? They're using their imaginations to make it real. 
Yes. And Thudbutt makes the world's largest sandwich and wraps his whole ass mouth around it. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was a pretty major scene because that's when Peter finally got it, like when he could finally see the food and like, and, you know, enjoy the rest of the, with the rest of the group, you know, that's when he really kind of became Peter Pan again. Yeah, it's a really pivotal scene. I like right, you know, leading into that is the roast battle between him and Rufio. And uh, Rufio starts off hot and Peter, not too good, but uh, it flip flops halfway through and Peter really uh, lays into him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the lawyer. The lawyer and him came out. (laughs) Some good insults. Which we'll have a clip for that. Drops the mic. Yes. Eat what? There's nothing here. Gandhi ate more than this. Don't you remember? This used to be your favorite game. Forget the games. I want some real food. I want steak. I want eggs. I want a cup of coffee. You can't. Eat your heart out, you crinkled, wrinkled, fat cat. You're a very ill-mannered young man. You're you know a slug that? eating worm. Come on. You can do better than that. I can't believe you're encouraging me. Yes. Yeah, show me your fastball dust brain, you paunchy sag bottom puke pot. You are a very poor role model for these kids. Do you know that? I bet you don't even have a fourth grade reading level. Immortal suck navel. Well, maybe a fifth grade reading level. Boil dripping, beef fart sniffing, bubble butt. Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? You are a fart factory. Slug slime, sack of rat guts, and cat vomit. Cheesy scab-picked, pimple-squeezing finger bandage. A week-old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side. Substitute chemistry teacher? Come on, Rubio, hit a math. Mung tongue? Math tutor? Pinhead? Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre chewed food, dude. If I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain, munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. And then Rufio walks off and he throws a fucking coconut at him. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it was an that, invisible coconut. But yeah, it, it it was so, it was like he threw it from a mile away. It took so long to get there that they had enough time to throw him a sword and then Peter to do a spin and then cut it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like waiting for it too. Just like, just like let's go. He is doing like a hey, Gary Sheffield, like hey, just bad, winding bad. up for it. They should have thrown the curveball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, after he cuts the coconut, everything stops, and like you can see all the food, and it's it's and a it's lot of faster. The one half is spinning faster on the table. Yes, after you cut it, it's a lot of very brightly colored creams. Yeah, uh, 
not a lot of solid food. I guess there's some like turkeys and hams and stuff. But speaking of brightly colored oh. things, those arrows that they shoot, they're all multicolored. Yeah. And they're like balls at the end. What was that? I was thinking of the same thing, Eric. I was about to say that. Like, was that hot candy apples or something? Like, what? What kind of arrows were that? Why were they shooting them with that in the first place? Like, it was gonna hurt. Although it looked like it burned a couple times. Yeah, I don't know. Well, then they smear some of that stuff on him during the uh, the training, and then you know they have the scene where the the flowers were sniffing him, and the one sneezes that was, that in was, his face. That was after he kind of got away and he pulled them off of himself. You know, he had that one in the crotch. Uh, oh, that's right. Trying yeah. to run away. Flowers all up at his junk. <laughs> He's telling the flower, "Don't tell anyone <laughs> what we did here today." And then they. Uh, the following year, they they adapted that portion of the movie and they called it Dic- Disclosure. It starred uh, Demi Moore and Michael Douglas. That's a deep cut joke from that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Demi Moore sexually harasses Michael Douglas in the office, and then she accuses him of harassing her. So what they gotta do with the flowers, though. Well, the flower would accuse Robin Williams of harassing the. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Even though right. the flower was the instigator. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes always work really good when you have to explain them and nobody knows the <laughs> references. <laughs> All right. So is the uh, baseball game next? Yeah. I mean, there's a quick scene of uh, Jack breaking his dad's watch and a bunch of other clocks because Hook hates clocks. Um, but then from there, we get the iconic baseball scene with Smee up on the mound just throwing heat. You see that smoke coming off that pitch? <laughs> he throws behind that one batter. He has all these uh, unique launching points. <laughs> from what he, like, he's throwing like submarine arm. He's throwing overhand, sidearm. I mean, there was a runner on base, so you probably should have got called for a Bach. <laughs> yeah. But it probably didn't matter because... Uh, the catcher shot the runner as he tried to steal second base. <laughs> yeah, another Bad person form. that just gets murdered. <laughs> We're using Master Jack's rules. Well, Hook was sitting with the hookers for this uh, this scene, I think. Or they were acting as cheerleaders or whatever. He um, was way at the top of the bleachers. I knew that. And uh, Peter and the Lost Boys come in disguised to, to kind of get some intel on the pirates and peter just uh gets so uh into watching jack play baseball um they have the cheering section in the outfield with their signs and their chants of run home jack which is what maggie told jack earlier which is oh you know kind of brings me to their memories like it was like Megan Jax forgot what it was like to be back home for a while. And then like, you could see with Peter when he was, you know, first coming back to Neverland, he didn't know about Peter Pan, but when he became Peter Pan, he forgot about Peter Banning, you know, back home, you know, prior to coming back, like he forgot his life. Yeah. It was weird. So it was like they, they can't think about each other at the same time, unless they really try hard apparently. But a big plot hole is so Peter has to have a happy thought in order to fly. And his happy thought is 
his firstborn son, Jack, who he almost immediately forgets about after he starts flying. But he needs to think about Jack to fly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he was when he first flew, he was talking to Tinkerbell and he didn't know anything about anything. He's like, let's go on an adventure. Let's do this and that, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking like a little kid again. Right. But it didn't, it completely contradicted like the two minutes before that, where he's like, I need to think about my son to fly. But anyway, you want to talk about the baseball game? Any further than that? Jack hits the game winning home run. Home run Jack. Hook. Oh. Right after just, run home Jack. Just that we should mention that he hits the home run. And the ball doesn't land till like two scenes later when he's back at the Lost Boys and it hits him in the head. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real moonshot. And uh, Hook celebrates him like a good father would. Uh, and and Peter just like gives up. He throws his disguise down and just walks away. Just uh, is totally dejected. Well, he was gonna steal Hook's hook. Yeah. Because he took it off to put the baseball glove attachment on. That would have been cheating. That's not fair. Have a fair fight. Well, they had to call the game because they only had one baseball. So, yeah, Peter gets back to the Lost Boys and says, gotta fly. <laughs> yeah, they do the the uh, the memory montage of he, he falls into the little cave or whatever with Tinkerbell and he sees all the mementos of him and wendy and everybody else that was there and he remembers his mother which we kind of talked about and all the stuff oh, with yeah. wendy and then he remembers his kid being born and then that's his happy thought so he can fly and now he's peter pan for real well the shadow brought him to that hole that's right yeah they did the, the, the shadow gimmick which was kind of the uh basis of one of the original peter pan stories i guess well, the shadow is originally the one that brought him to Wendy's window, I think, because he was trying to attach the shadow back to himself. Yes, yes, that's right. So the shadow is here, r- r- taking him back to wherever the hell he used to live. I don't know why it's all cordoned off and <laughs> behind the vines. Like abandoned. It's weird. Um, but now that Peter Pan is full on Peter Pan, uh, he's got his... Uh, his tights and shit and his costume and uh they're all yelling bangerang and hooping and hollering crowing rufio and he lost about 20 pounds (laughs) lost 20 pounds in two days three days yeah he got pretty good robin williams was looking pretty fit in here there's that scene where they take a shirt off uh he was looking fit surprising like i more fit than i would have thought i guess yeah, I wonder if he uh, took time off to work out between the Peter Banning scenes up until he started training. And then, you know, when he was Peter Pan, he was in shape. Mm-hmm. Or if, uh, I don't know, because he did look doughy as Peter Banning. Yeah. Um, but he was in better shape once he was Peter Pan, for sure. What about um, the scene with Tinkerbell? She grows to... Uh life-size she noticed she had like all his uh credit cards and ids and shit in yeah, fucking... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gold card was like her mirror basically i guess she wasn't planning on giving it back you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like 
I guess he's got to make some calls once he gets back home. But yeah, that was interesting that she could just suddenly be big. Um, it seemed accidental on her part. Like she didn't know if she could do it. And then she was never big again the rest of the movie. It was like the same reaction Peter had when Wendy came down the stairs at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't control it. It just happens. <laughs> Well, it was a little more understandable this time with, you know, 30-year-old Julia Roberts versus 70-year-old Maggie Smith. (laughs) But it's reverse. She's she's doing it for him. It's not him doing it for her. (laughs) Yeah, he friend-zoned her a couple times. (laughs) Yeah. You could tell, though, he would have picked her if uh, she was life-size before. If he could have, for sure, yeah. This is funny. He's like, Peter Pan has kids. Oh yeah, I got kids. I forgot. Like, like, what have you been doing for the last like three days? Like, you had one mission to get your kids back, and as soon as you uh, you become Peter Pan, you like you mentioned, you just forget you have kids. Just forget everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Tinkerbell gets friend zoned again. Sad and depressed. I did like Jack's uh, many ho- many hook look yeah that was great oh, that was funny and then it's the battle pretty much like everybody's uh, ready to go i noticed like the first thing that peter pan does is just guts a guy and that guy does not get up <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people get run through in this movie <laughs> like jesus christ he just killed that guy <laughs> What was that other ship all the Lost Boys jumped off from? Like, how did they sneak on there? Like, whose ship was that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the butt rolling up into the ball. I don't know how, you know, how he got his legs up by his face <laughs> that one time. It looked I mean, like fake legs and he was like wiggling the feet. That's got to be a prosthetic, right? But they did it so well. Like, it looks, and they did it like a wide shot too. So it looks like it's uh, seamless. Yeah. They bowled them into the pirates at least a couple times. It was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Um, Peter hears Maggie screaming uh, in a kind of a building off to the side, and he goes to get her. And uh, well, he runs so into she- that one room, and then the guy falls to me. He's like, "Are you Peter Pan?" He's like, "Yes," and he just jumps out the window <laughs> instead of trying to fight him. <laughs> so good so good but that leaves rufio to fight hook which peter said only i fight hook but rufio he's uh he's got too big of an ego Mm -hmm. he's uh he's ready to take on hook well and plus and uh, uh, peter had to leave to to say maggie Maggie. yeah yeah so it it left the opportunity there and hook kind of baited him into it and then uh, he just straight up kills him and uh, I forgot that that was coming, and uh, it, it hurts. It hurts to see Rufio die. How could you forget that Rufio died? I had uh, repressed that memory <laughs> in order to have a happy life, and go. now I don't know if I can uh, go on living <laughs> knowing that Rufio fucking died. Biggest trauma for my youth, you know, Bambi's mom, Rufio. <laughs> Those are the top two. Uh, Rufio hit hard because he was a child. 
obviously he was older than me at the time, but uh, he was such a cool kid, yeah. you know, and you looked up to him and it's like, how does he die? He's like the main guy. And then around that time is when Jack realizes that he wants to go home. He's just like, oh, shit. Oh, well, <laughs> Uh, well, you you forgot one part there uh, that I just remembered. So when Rufio's sitting there dying, and Peter's like, "No, Rufio, I'm so sorry," and then he's like telling Peter, "I wish I had a dad like you." And then Jack feels super guilty, takes off the hat, and he's like, "Dad, I want to go home." <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then he just drops Rufio and lets him, you know, rot there. And the, and then Hook's like, "But you are home, Jack." <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> oh, <I'm> not. <laughs> and then Peter's just like, fuck that shit. I got my kids. I'm getting out of here. And Hook's like, you got to fight me. And Peter's like, nah, no, nah, not for me. Well, he did try to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, kind of a interesting way to do it. Cause it's like, what's oh, the point of fighting? You've already won the battle. That, that reminds me. So, you know, when he picks up Jack, he does one of these, you know, like pyramid kind of, he goes up in the sky and then he like dives down and ends up, you know, flying down to like the the docker to sidewalk or whatever, right? It reminds me when he originally, you know, regained the ability to fly, he perfectly went up to the moon and in the middle of the moon did that move too. You remember that? Where he kicks mm-hmm. his feet yeah. out to the air and then those are the kind of the pyramid uh I don't know what the hell. It was like he was on a diving board and jumped up and then down right away. Yeah, exactly. Like perfectly in line with the moon. You know, everybody's in the perfect angle to see it like that too, of course. (laughs) It's so good. So good. Well, we think this is over, but Hook says, if you walk away, I'm going to come take your kids over and over again until you fight me. And I'm going to kill all the lost boys or whatever the threats are but he gets he gets peter to to fight him one-on-one which is pretty spectacular they go all over the fucking village mm-hmm. or the whatever the the pirate town and uh i like how they add sparks to the swords when they when they clash yeah it's a very spielberg thing to have the swords uh sparking when they collide very spielbergian um yeah you, you mentioned how he he just says he's gonna continue killing lost boys and whatnot and um you know i'll come and find you and get your kids again but that's funny though because so he's committed to continuing to kill the lost boys and like when we first meet the lost boys rufio's talking about like well i kill pirates like we all just kill pirates like they're all just murdering each other like daily <laughs> yes <laughs> And there's a in the scene where uh, Smee and Hook are in the uh, the private quarters, thinking of the next thing to do because Peter isn't Peter. Um, Smee is like, "Why don't we go? Just you know, you and me, we'll go out, we'll go kill some Indians, and then uh, you'll feel better." <laughs> well, that was after Smee loaded his pockets with all the jewel jewels and jewelry and gold coins. <laughs> the whole famous, well, "What about Smee? What about Smee? Smee's me." <laughs> oh he's so good Smee is like the, the MVP character in this movie but uh, yeah there's no Indians in the movie which even you know by 1991 they thought that was culturally insensitive to include Indians but not enough to talk about or not enough to 
cut out the part where they're just like casually talking about murdering them. <laughs> uh, Peter gets the best of hook and uh, he tries to spare him. He tries to let him live. But uh, yeah, Maggie said he's just a mean old man without a mommy. Oh, that was such a low blow. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> man. <laughs> that was such a low blow. Um, but uh, and then he he knocks the wig off too. He's like, Can I yeah, at least have my wig? So you know, give me my dignity. But uh, who, who he's did got it that... land on? Didn't he, didn't he flip it off with a sword and land on one of the lost boys? Yeah, it landed on the, the really young white kid. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the one they call him the grandpa man, or <laughs> the fat grandpa man, I think. <laughs> it wasn't the, uh, oh, there you are, Peter one. It was the other one. Uh, who was really young but hook what what do you have like uh he had like a pistol built into his uh sword or whatever is that what it was i can't remember well he popped the shorter sword out of his sleeve yeah it was a shorter sword they popped out of his okay that's that's what it was a dagger and then uh he he tries to get peter from behind and he ends up in the crocodile and uh that fucking crocodile starts falling over and it eats him yeah. it was like it was like they poked a hole in the stomach and it woke up or something somehow like after being dead forever it was weird because like a puff of smoke came out of it and then the, it was the stuffed mouth had a clock in it and that fell out and then uh it groaned it like made a groaning sound that and, was just uh, uh it's just like when a tree falls you know it's like uh, cracking and all that stuff because the mouth was already open there was a clock in it clock fell out yeah, so that lands on him. Lands perfectly on top of Hook, and then he's just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sucked him up somehow into his belly. <laughs> Vaporized. And uh, that's the end of Hook. And then Peter, he's got to say goodbye to the Lost Boys because he can't stick around. He's got to pick a new uh, leader of the Lost Boys, which is a very touching scene mm-hmm. because he leaves it with Thud Butt. Who is the uh, sentimental favorite? <laughs> just, now you're in charge of killing all the pirates. <laughs> well, I think the sword was bigger than the rest of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He was the only one I could legit carry the sword. Oh, but it, that scene is great because he's like walking. They're all kind of lined up together and he just walks and he's like examining them. And he walks from one side of the line to the other and he walks back and then he like stops and kind of comes back and he hands it to Thudbutt. And like the look on that kid's face is like he's never been happier in his entire fucking life. And uh, I can't blame him. I have a fun fact about this scene. Here's a fun fact. So according to an interview with People Magazine where Sean Hammond, who played Thudbutt, revealed that the scene where Peter passes a sword to one of the Lost Boys was improvised. None of the cast knew onto whom he would pass the sword, except for Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg. So the reactions of the boys are genuine. That's pretty great. What a great way to, to shoot that scene. That's awesome. So from there, we go home. The kids fly home. And uh, for some reason, Peter ends up in a park next to some empty bottles and a Peter Pan, <laughs> Peter Pan statue. <laughs> And Sami is sweeping up the bottles. <laughs> and he cracks a joke at him. He says something about, you know, like, 
have a late night last night or something like that. <laughs> trouble with the misses. Yeah, trouble with the misses. <laughs> That's what it was. And uh, yeah, he eventually comes home. He climbs up the fucking spout or whatever outside the drain the, pipe. Uh, <laughs> the drain oh, pipe. well, before he drew, you know, before he climbs up, his phone is ringing again in the yard. Yeah. And then he, he digs it up. It's in the snow and not the mud this time. It's, it's closed and not open. And it's Brad, of course. Brad uh, is really close <laughs> with him, I guess. <laughs> and I like how he's like, I'm sorry, I got to let you go, Brad. Uh, I got to climb this drain pipe. And he's like, why are you climbing a drain pipe? He's like, well, I ran out of fairy dust. I would have just flown otherwise. Like, it's just the most normal thing in the yeah. world. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, he was so afraid of heights earlier in the movie. So obviously he's overcome that, climbs in through the, the window. And then he's like, you know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, he yelled at them for not having the window locked. And now he's like, what if I told you about this window? Never lock it ever. <laughs> I was leaving open. <laughs> I, I like how they keep the window open because it's like, you know, a full on door, right? But it's like in the middle of winter, like nobody's <laughs> cold. Like you're just going to have the window open when it's like, like 20 degrees outside. What's their heat bill look like? I mean, yeah. Uh, but uh, and then he gives Toodles his marbles and, and Toodles flies off. He flies away. There was That's a little it. dust, yeah, a little dust in the bag. God, imagine Toodles back in Neverland as a fucking eighty-five-year-old man. <laughs> What's he gonna do? He's the grandpa man. <laughs> Anyways, that's the end, and uh, you you wipe the tears out of your eyes, and uh, you watch the credits. Great movie, what one of my favorites. It, I don't know how I went so long without watching it. To be honest, you know, I was afraid it wasn't going to hold up, and it was even better than I remembered. Like I remember liking it, but like it, it, well, was, I agree. it was so much better than I expected it to be. Well, it's it's one of those movies that's made for kids and adults, and now rewatching as an adult and then you know obviously being a father myself you you get the other point of view so it kind of comes full circle to be honest yeah for sure uh, well let's uh rate this thing i will give it a an eventually watch this movie eventually what about you brett you know i i've been kind of thinking about this and i think i think i gotta give it an asap asap i think it's that i think it's that good (laughs) i think it's that good like i didn't i didn't expect it to 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 resonate with me like it did and uh yeah it's definitely up there with some of the best movies i I think it it's up there for sure all right clint what do you think you gotta help help me with your rating system asap's at the tippy top and then as soonish eventually last resort yeah. and never i would say soonish i mean it's not a uh i'm gonna rate it soonish uh just for the fact that it's you know it's three years old now it's not like <laughs> nobody has heard about it you know uh it's a great movie you definitely need to watch it soonish all right well uh yeah let's uh, get into fun facts 
Hey, everybody, here's some fun facts. Uh, when the Bannings fly to England, the pilot's voice is that of Dustin Hoffman, who plays Captain Hook, and he says, this is your captain speaking. Ha. Huh. It's a little tidbit. Here's a fun fact. Dame Maggie Smith was only 56 years old at the time of filming. <laughs> she was aged by makeup to play 92-year-old Grandy Wendy. Okay. I was going to so say. 56. Like, so she's still younger than Granny Wendy. Yeah. Like 50. But she looks like Granny Wendy now. Well, that uh, that makeup job they did was perfect because it did not look like a makeup job to me. No. I I had no idea. Yeah. I thought she was that, that old for real, for sure. I was just guessing she was like, I don't know, in her 60s or something in the movie. And she was just like, you know, 90 something now. <laughs> Here's another fun fact. Um, Bob Hoskins would alleviate stress on set by singing various versions of the Lionel Richie hit Hello by including the lyrics Hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this story. Dustin Hoffman's former co star John Voigt asked him if he could bring his children, James Haven and Angelina Jolie. To the set because they were dying to meet Captain Hook. Hoffman agreed to meet with them while in costume. Jolie was 16 years old, and Hoffman described her as a tall, thin, gawky looking girl with a mouthful of braces. After Jolie told Hoffman she was going to be an actress, Hoffman went home to his wife and said, I don't think this kid has any idea what a tough road she's got because she is so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> did all right indiana <laughs> yeah here's a fun fact so uh steven spielberg and michael jackson's friendship ended due to this movie several years earlier spielberg had told jackson of his desire to make a live action version of peter pan a character and story jackson was famously obsessed with according to spielberg from then on jackson was under the mistaken impression that Spielberg had promised him the lead role when he subsequently didn't get the part Jackson took the perceived snub extremely personally and never spoke to Spielberg again that's, that's ignorant <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish he had got the role now it would have been uh, some kind of movie with Michael Jackson as the uh, hard-nosed attorney turned into Peter Pan mm -hmm. as he's taking his nose off the ground <laughs> Uh, apparently Julia Roberts was nicknamed Tinker Hell because she was difficult to deal with a reaction to her working conditions of solitude and green screen. Mm. But that was probably just sexism. Here's another fun fact. So there's a line spoken by Rufio, you're dead, jolly man, that had to be spoken backwards by uh, Dante Bosco. As the scene was shot and then played in reverse, so the sword blade would come away from Robin Williams's face instead of towards it. His actual line spoken was, "Not me, lad. I heard lad. I can't say it by <laughs> it's and oh, it must be now me. This doesn't make any sense, but it's it's the line is backwards." He had to say it backwards so that when they played it in reverse, it would say what the line actually was. 
That's crazy. It's like, couldn't they just dub it? I suppose he'd have to at least lip lip sync it. So there was apparently a '99 card collection released in '91. Julie Roberts Tinkerbell didn't get featured in any except for a character image, which was only concept art. Others, such as Rufio, were properly depicted. It would seem the reason for the omission was the controversy surrounding Roberts at the time. Couldn't even get her own card. Can't remember if I had any of these cards. What was the controversy? Well, like she was hard to work with. You talked about that. Oh, okay. That was okay. She was coming off a pretty woman for this movie. In fact, one of the fun facts was saying that the scene where she's negotiating with Captain Hook uh, about how long to get him ready was um, very similar to the scene in which she negotiates with, fuck, what's his name? Um, Richard Gere on Pretty Woman uh, to talk about money and whatnot. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, it does seem like a perfect time to cast her in a children's movie. (laughs) Uh, it says here Kevin Klein was originally going to be Peter Pan, but he dropped out because he did a movie called Soap Dish instead, which I've never heard of. Mm. I've heard of it. I've, I've never heard seen of it, it but I, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Uh, Peter and his family fly Pan Am Airlines to London. Pan Am went out of business on December 4th, 1991, exactly one week before this movie's release on December 11th, 1991. I remember when their plane crashed, which makes that scene even uh, with, on the airplane makes it seem a little more uh, uh, dicey, I guess, uh, a little more intense, knowing that they were on Pan Am Airlines right around the time that they fucking crashed the plane. I forgot to uh, mention when I was going through the, the Meteor Man episode, um, I think I was looking at my notes or something like that. I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying exactly, but you're referencing Ted talking about uh, you can take care of the drug gangs and you know maybe go international, go all the way to South Africa. And you're like, I don't think that's where the drugs are coming from. I think he meant South America. But like watching the movie, I always assumed he was he said South Africa because he wanted him to go solve apartheid. Because this was '93. Oh, yeah. And Mandela became president or prime minister or whatever in 94. So I'm guessing that's it was right, yeah, right at the end of apartheid. Or <laughs> maybe that's what it was. But yeah. It was weird contextually because they're talking about drugs yeah. right before it. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun fact. Oh, here. Julia Roberts almost put the production into jeopardy when she fled California after her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland was called off. <laughs> She decided to avoid the press by hiding out in Ireland. A furious Steven Spielberg reportedly threatened to fire her if she didn't return immediately. And then in 1999, she made the movie Runaway Bride. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of uh, other fun facts here. Um, I don't know if you have any other specific ones you want to point no, out. But I think that'll about do it. We've, we've covered a lot of them. All right. Well, Thanks for joining us, Clint. Good to have you on the show. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great movie. I'm glad you guys had me on. Anything you want to plug? Uh, uh, listen to old uh, the PWP podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Catch me on there. Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> yeah, check out the Positively Wolfie back catalog. You'll get lots of Brother Clint and uh, me bantering back and forth.
Uh, I did want to mention uh, if you enjoyed Hook, uh, I would recommend checking out uh, the movie Wendy, which I believe came out in 2020. Um, I think I reviewed it on the on the podcast here, but it's a uh, it's another reimagining of the Peter Pan story, and I I really enjoyed it. It's um it's a uh, kind of based in the uh, rural South of America, uh, Southern United States. And uh, is is kind of uh, loosely based on the Peter Pan uh, story, but uh, updated for kind of a modern American audience. Nice, and uh, I really enjoy that. If you, if you liked Hook, I would I would definitely recommend checking out Wendy. All right. Well, where can people get some lovely merchandise, Brett? You can head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com and go uh, pick up some great WTM merchandise. It would really help out the show. Um, also, you can help out the show by reviewing the podcast on Apple, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. Just review it anywhere. Rate it. Uh, subscribe. Uh, you can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Uh, check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and you can follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie or brett at positively wolf one clint you want to uh, pump your uh twitter feed on here what's your twitter handle uh yeah it's uh brother underscore clint perfect i haven't been on that account for a while but uh yeah i peek at it every now and then <laughs> all right well it's been real, gentlemen. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you're off my case. Yes, you made a boo-boo. I did. Mm. I did. The boo box. No, I, no, I'm The boo box. No. Yeah.